Hi, this is The Greatest Story Ever Played. I'm Dan, and today I'm going to be talking about the fifth episode from Game of Thrones called A Nest of Vipers. Just to, I don't know, hit some uh, stuff on the front end, uh, we've got several appearances of characters from the television show. We've got Lena Headley as Cersei Lannister, Natalie Dormer as Marjorie Tyrell, Peter Dinklage as Tyrion Lannister, Amelia Clark as Daenerys Targaryen, and Awan Rian as Ramsay Snow. So this episode, uh, even more than some of the other ones, was pretty heavily featured characters from the show. So that was pretty cool. As in other episodes, you play as four characters. You play as Garrett Tuttle, Mira Forrester, Roderick Forrester, and Asher Forrester. So we'll start off with Garrett, north of the wall. Garrett is north of the wall, of course, he's with his band of Cotter and Finn, and they've met Cotter's sister, Sylvie, who is a wildling like Cotter, and Sylvie does not want to go to the North Grove with them. Cotter, at this point, wants to stay with his sister, Sylvie. Now that they're reconnected, he, he wants to do what she wants to do. Finn is uncertain about this plan for the North Grove now after the interaction with the wildlings in the last episode. He's uh, regretting maybe coming a little bit and is wondering if maybe he could head back to Castle Black. So that, that, you know, that puts us in a bad spot. Only Garrod could go to the North Grove and of course he has no idea how to get there. So there's some tension afoot. After this, Garrod has the opportunity to talk to uh, the different characters to kind of affirm them. So you can learn, talk to Cotter, and learn the backstory about him and his sister. His sister uh, is, like, super pale, and so she was actually kicked out of her wildling tribe uh, for being different. It, like, scared them, essentially. And so Cotter's super loyal to her, and he gave up his tribe, essentially, when she got kicked out, and he, like, went with her, it seems. I don't know. I interesting dynamic, but their mom gave Sylvie up. She was like, whatever. I want to be part of the tribe. If this child's bad and the tribe thinks so, then I'm out. So you see that the Cotter and his sister, Sylvie, are not your typical wildling. They're a little they're, they're a little different. They're outcast within their own people, but they don't like, uh, like crows, like people like Garrett or people from Westeros or whatever. So... You know, eh, it's, it's kind of an interesting spot. Finn um, feels betrayed finding out that Cotter's a wildling, basically. Like, oh, I chose to care about you, but then you're a bad guy. That's how he sort of feels. So you can talk to Finn and kind of reaffirm him um, and be like, no, they're our friends. Go by the fire and hang out, basically. After this, uh, Garrett and Sylvie are going hunting for rabbits. And you get the chance to kind of show that you're not just, like, some guy, essentially. So if you kill rabbits... I think you get to a chance to kill two. I ended up killing one. I missed one. Um, I was too slow on my draw. Um, <laughs> so, But she was reasonably impressed because I did get the first one. So she was like, all right. Um, I imagine if you get two, she thinks you're pretty cool. But I was like, all right, you're cool. You're better than um, sucking. Yep, after this, you hear Cotter screaming and White Walkers are attacking. And in fact, they're White Walkers of the Wildlings that you'd killed in the last episode. So it's it's pretty crazy, um, especially that the Wildlings regenerated as White Walkers that quickly. That's frightening. The White Walkers end up killing Finn in your, in your fight. He gets a spear through his chest, which was a bummer. You end up being able to kill a couple White Walkers because Sylvie tells you that fire is the only way to kill them. So you, like, tried to... Like stab them and they just pulled this 
sword through themselves or you know like things like that so you need to set them on fire and you end up setting a couple on fire um unfortunately though a bunch a bunch a bunch a bunch of white walkers show up and so cotter garrett and sylvie run away together going towards north grove they don't really have a choice now they can't um try to meet up with mance raider like she wanted they just gotta go all right so that wraps up and north north of the wall now we'll go to king's landing with mira it starts off with sarah telling mira that they can't be friends anymore because their friendship is too dangerous uh, with mira causing a scene uh last episode to wrap up uh yeah to wrap up that episode and getting kicked out of tommen's banquet there's a lot of heat on Mira, she's not really uh, the best person to be friends with at this point. So Sarah says it's too dangerous to continue the friendship. Right after this, two guards end up taking Mira to Tyrion Lannister's chambers, where Cersei is there, and she wants her to get information on Tyrion. I need you for that. If you do that, I can take care of uh, the cell swords Lord Whitehill is trying to hire. So we say, okay, cool. So we, we agree um, to Cersei's offer and say, sure, we'll try to get information from Tyrion. While after this, Mira is taken to Tyrion's cell by a guard um, with a bottle of wine. So the idea kind of being, Tyrion will get drunk and then he'll share some secrets or whatever. And so what Mira's uh, objective is, is she needs to find out who Tyrion intends to call as witness for the trial. And so you can go and talk to him, and you kind of small talk, and then he's ultimately like, why are you here? What's the deal? You can choose to either be honest with him or not tell him why you came. And I chose to tell Tyrion the truth. I said, seriously, he wants to know what, who you're going to call to witness. 37% of people did this. 63% of the uh, people did not tell the truth. They made up a reason as to why Mira came. And the reason I told the truth to Tyrion was that he's, I feel like, a straight-ish shooter and responds to that. Even if it's info he doesn't want or like or, you know, that kind of thing. I felt like that's the way to play ball with Tyrion, essentially. Um, and I think if you seem suspicious i think Tyrion sees through that anyway so that that's kind of why i did that and for me personally obviously if it's any lannisters i actually want to help i like Tyrion the most um i obviously can't play those cards and he's not a really helpful ally while he's in jail but you know he's definitely my favorite of the lannisters for sure so i end up telling the truth and he's like thanks for your honesty um and you know, Cersei knows as well as I do, that I don't have anyone I can call for witness because she made sure of that. So <laughs> we get the information anyway. Uh, during this exchange, a guard like comes in and yells at us basically for messing up our mission. Whereas I kind of see that we actually succeeded our mission by being honest. I don't know what happens if you lie or not, but because I, I can't imagine you can fool Tyrion. That doesn't really fit with him so there we go that wraps up king's landing now we head to iron wrath with roderick and this continues where uh the previous episode ended with ramsey snow 
bothering Talia in the room. Uh, the Glenmores are missing. Everything was kind of empty before. You come in and you're like, what? Um, Ramsey Snow is bothering Talia. Ramsey then makes Roderick and Talia go on a walk with him. Okay, we're going to go to the woods. And he's talking about uh, just that you've, you've been a nuisance. Where's uh, Griff Whitehill? Like, you know, I'm good at solving problems sort of deal. And they arrive, and Arthur Glenmore is being flayed by Ramsey's men. And Ramsey tortures him for a while, and then ultimately kills him and disembowels Arthur. This was rough to see. It was gross even for a video game. The flayed man, when you see it in the show, is horrible. And even as a game, it was still pretty horrible. Uh, yeah, God. Fucking Ramsey. At this point, Ramsey kind of taunts you and brings a knife to you and puts it to his neck and is like, you want to stab me, don't you? How about you stab me? How about you do it, Roderick? So you have option to try to stab him, uh, which 37% of people did, and did not try to stab him, which 63% of people did. And I chose not to try to stab him. Talia was there. Talia was like, this is a trick. Don't do it. I kind of figured the same as well, the way Ramsey Snow is. You're not going to one-up him in a thing that he sets up, at least, like that. Um, so I didn't go for it. Um, I hope I get to kill him later. Obviously, that would be my desire, but... Yeah, because he's a monster, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, that was kind of my thought process. So I didn't try. Chunk on Twitter said, any opportunity to kill that asshat. So Chunk went for it. Uh, makes sense. Chris on Twitter said, I most certainly tried to after what he did to Ethan. Yeah, that's true. First episode, he kills our brother. If anyone deserves to die, it is most certainly Ramsey Snow. So, uh, yeah. I just decided to bide my time. After this, Ramsey tells us that he's tired of the White Hills and the Foresters, that they should just go to war with each other, and then whoever's left over, Ramsey's fine allying with them. He's just, I'm bored by this almost. After this, Elena Glenmore arrives, and she is distraught. She, uh, of course, her brother's brutally flayed, murdered, killed. Uh, Elena Glenmore is really distraught by this. You, ha you can try to, try to kind of get her not to see it, but it doesn't really work, and she sees it, which was unfortunate. I would have preferred if I could have had her avoid seeing it, just because no one needs to see a flayed person. Or at least, you know, have him covered up or something. I don't know. So she arrives and she's distraught. You get the opportunity to try to kind of comfort her and stuff like that. Or let her be alone. I move towards her. The way I've played with Roderick towards Elena has always been, like, really loving. And it makes sense that they um, were to be married, engaged, or whatever in one of the previous episodes. The way that I've played it, I've been pretty good to her. And, and active, like involved, kind of like, you know, if you need me, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to be here or whatever, that kind of thing. So you have that. Uh, the next morning you wake up and uh, Elena's with you. And Talia comes in, though, and she tells you that she's discovered a traitor. Um, she was in the woods and she found someone leave a note that had, you know, troop numbers, where they are where Elena is, you know, all that stuff. So there's a traitor afoot, and she said that the traitor is in the Great Hall currently, and you should go there to 
kill them. So you go, you walk in, and you end up seeing Sir Royland there. And Sir Royland tells you that he's betrayed the house, betrayed you to save the house. So House Forester is bigger than Roderick. Asher would have been a better leader. You make wrong calls, that, that sort of deal. Basically, if you disagreed with Sir Royland, he uses those as the reasons why he betrayed you. And you have your next option. You can choose to kill the traitor or have him imprisoned. 58% of people executed the traitor, whereas 42% of them had the traitor imprisoned. I chose to have him imprisoned because you were kind of in this spot where you could maybe get more information from Sir Royland rather than just killing him. And so that that's kind of why I ended up going that route. Alan on Twitter, though, wrote in, he said, death to the opposition. So he killed his traitor. And then Chris on Twitter wrote in, killed him in the first playthrough, but spared him on the second. Uh, the reason that I chose to spare him was because he gave us information on an ambush that uh, they're intending to lead for Asher when he arrives on the coast. So if he can kill Asher's men before that. And so I thought that that was a worthwhile information to get, essentially. Um, I wanted to kill Sir Royland for sure, uh, but I thought, you know, we can deal with him later. You know, I won't kill him now for this, but you know, maybe he'll get killed later. Or he'll be a prisoner of ours forever. So that, that was kind of my thought. Next, we go to Marine, and Asher, Beska, and Uncle Malcolm are going to see Danny Targaryen. And she ultimately says that we don't get the sellswords. You killed one of the masters. Those weren't yours to kill, essentially. You didn't do what I wanted, so I'm not giving you sellswords. She also says that she wants Malcolm to stay on as an advisor, uh, that he would be helpful to her. So we'll leave that, and... Beska and Asher are going to go and recruit some former pit fighters then. If we can't get the cell swords, then we'll find other people who are good at killing and hopefully that will work. And they get there and it's a crazy mess. Probably as you would expect with the pit fighters. They at this point, uh, one of the former masters has a house where he actually has his own pit fighting chambers. So they've decided to hold up there. Seemingly are making masters fight pit fighters or maybe making former masters fight each other. It was a little unclear, but there's a lot of dead people. And Beska tells you, like, these guys can't be won over with money. You need to show them basically that you're, like, a, a good warrior so that they would want to follow you. Like, they're not going to be impressed by honor or kingdoms or wealth or you know whatever like they like killing because they're pit fighters and they've done this so long it's you know their thing and Beska is a well uh, a good person for this uh to, to know this obviously she was a pit fighter herself she knows some of these people we find out their leader is a woman named Amaya who was a former uh, close friend of Beska's but since Beska bought her freedom and left uh, Amaya is doesn't like her anymore Essentially, Maya tells you that you need to fight this pit fighter named Bloodsong to prove that you're worth following. And if you can do that, then we'll hear you out. But if you can't even beat one of our own, why would we follow such a terrible fighter, essentially? Why would we team up with you? So you end up uh, jumping into the pit fight, and 
you fight this guy named Bloodsong. In the fight, you end up getting to use uh, three different weapons, which was kind of cool. Uh, they're they're like pit fighters on the side, and so they'll throw you down a weapon. And so you end up in, in kind of an extended fight with Bloodsong. Ultimately, you end up getting him knocked down, and you uh, have the upper hand. You have your weapon. He's, defend he's uh, hurt and has no weapon on him. And your next decision arrives. What will you do with Bloodsong? You can kill him, which 38% of people did, or you can spare him, which 62% of people did. Um, I chose to kill him. Uh, I think ultimately it was like, these are your rules, I'm going to play by them. Like, I want you to fight for me. And Asher ends up saying when he kills him, and I will kill you for your stupid game. Like, I don't, you know, breaking it, pointing out, I don't want to do this, but I will play by your stupid rules essentially. So I did that. Chris on Twitter wrote in and said, I brought everyone his head in my first playthrough. I spared him and recruited him on my second. So yeah, sparing him and trying to get him to fight with you too. Uh, second go around. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I kind of felt like I just got to do what uh, they would want. I want them to fight. You have a ship the next day that you'll use to head home. Uncle Malcolm shows up and he chooses to stay behind. Um, to be one of Danny Targaryen's advisors. Makes sense. Um, I was into that. I would have suggested he do that if I had a choice in there. Because as he, he'd mentioned in there, being allied with Danny Targaryen, that would be huge for me. I would most certainly want to be one of her allies as well. So after this, Asher Beska and the Pit Fighters uh, head off to sea. We then pick up off the coast and Asher arrives to find that the port's empty and nothing's really going on. They come out with the weapons ready, nothing's there. Roderick ends up being there with some of his soldiers and there's a good welcome. We're back, this is great, um, all good stuff. And so people start crossing a, a out of the gate, I guess, from from the port to the countryside, essentially. And so a bunch of the pit fighters and soldiers have crossed over. But then a White Hill soldier comes, and he brings the gate down, separating uh, the forces they've collected. I would say almost all of the forces were outside of the gate, excluding um, Beast, who's this huge pit fighter who we end up punching earlier. Um, Beast, and then... Asher and Roderick and maybe a couple other randos and they're getting cornered pulled in by the White Hills. They're stuck uh, Beast tries to raise the gate, um, but is killed while he does it Then Asher and Roderick go over and they're trying to open it up to be able to let their soldiers in slash so they can escape and They recognize that they can't both uh, Go through the gate that one of them needs to get the gate open and the other one will be able to escape so you get your final decision, who will stay behind? Will Roderick stay behind so Asher can escape? Or will Asher stay behind so Roderick can escape? And for me, I chose to have Roderick stay behind. 60% of people did this. 40% of people had Asher stay behind. And I did this, I think a, a main part being is that Asher... Uh, has control of these pit fighters, and these pit fighters definitely are needed to win 
we we need them for House Forester to survive. So uh, that that being a big thing, I think of course Asher being a better fighter than Roderick, and I even think that Asher might be a better leader than Roderick at points that he could like get these pit uh the pit fighters together to lead them that he or as I played I guess with him he adjusted how he would be Asher's not like a a pit fighter cruel kill everyone kind of guy but that's what he needed to be so he did it or these these times before this like he he's been a a soldier without a cause I guess or whatever for a long time but now that he has one he's home his home needs him I don't know it seemed right and then Roderick on the other hand uh I think he's been a guy who's really tried to lead his house. And I think Cannon does well. You know, people who chose the opposite, I imagine they see that just as much. But, yeah, I thought it was kind of a fitting go. I liked this choice a lot. And that was a good, good job by Telltale. Uh, Chris wrote in on Twitter, and he said that he had Roderick stay behind it as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he's got some similar reasons to me. So that wraps up the episode. I've got a couple general thoughts, though, about the game. Uh, first one being is it's really good to be back in Game of Thrones. Uh, just having taken uh, a few months off of this game, um, playing other stuff in between. It's really nice to be back uh, right from the start. You, uh, The game begins, actually, with Ramsay Snow with Talia. Because um, the way the game is, of course, is it bounces around rather than being each story in compartments. It's just way easier to talk about it in compartments here but it starts off with that and i was already like oh fuck that guy i hate him and i don't know it just brought me back into game of thrones right away so that was really cool and of course with uh the show starting up in a month and a half maybe something like that really excited for the show to be back um so i don't know this was cool cool lead into uh returning to that world so i like that um also, I really like House Forrester, and also they're saying Iron from Ice. That was something I, I forgot to mention, but when Roderick and Asher separate and Roderick stays behind to open uh, the gate for his brother, he says Iron from Ice, and his brother responds with it, and it's like an ultimate, like, yeah, fuck yeah, House Forrester, we rock. You know, like that kind of feeling. It felt that way, which was cool. So I really like this. House Forester is pretty interesting. It's good stuff. And I would definitely be into more about House Forester. Whether, I don't know if the books have much of House Forester in them or not. I don't remember. Uh, or if they've been in the books, they haven't as much where I am in the books. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't think they show up on the show, but I might be wrong. You know, more of them would be cool. I don't, obviously, I don't know how uh, episode six of this game goes, and Telltale's dead also, but uh, if there was going to be another Game of Thrones game and House Forrester was involved in it, I would be into that. I think they're pretty cool. So I like that. And then the last thing I was thinking is I'm kind of surprised that House Stark would be aligned with the Boltons in the first place you know i when the when it all like starts off you know the boltons are bannermen for the starks and the fact that the uh, boltons all they're like the flayed man is their sigil that that's a thing they all do it's not like ramsey is like the worst person who flays people but instead the boltons in general do it and ramsey's somehow worse than that 
I don't know. It's kind of surprising. Just because House Stark is pretty honorable, like Ned, every, everything he is, and that the Boltons would even be allies at all is it's weird. The only thing I can think of is maybe it's one of those uh, keep your friends close, enemies closer kind of thing, or Bruce Bolton is better as an ally than an adversary, so yes, he's one of us. Even though I personally don't approve of flaying people and stuff like that. So that's kind of my guess, but I I thought that specifically in playing this game. I've obviously seen the Boltons flay people before on the show and things like that, but uh, watching it here, it, it kind of made me be like, wait, what? Why would the Starks be with them? So those were a couple of thoughts that this episode uh, brought up in me. But yeah, that is our episode. So if you've got any comments, questions, uh, thoughts on Game of Thrones, please write in at thegreateststoryeverplayed at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at storyeverpod. Please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, That would really mean a lot to us. And uh, yeah, we will see you next time.